Hello and welcome to the Talkies. Three filmmakers talking about movies. I'm Kenny. I'm Dee. And I'm Taylor. And today we are convening to discuss a, uh, a movie. That's why we're here, actually. If, I if think you so. Know that. Yeah. I think that is. Yeah. So, that's so, what we do, right? So we came up with this idea like, hey, what if each week one of us picked a movie that the other two hadn't seen? And then uh, they'll suggest that movie and we'll watch it and talk about it, you know? Um, and I, I did the inverse of that. <laughs> it, was, it was my turn. And all the movies that I was that I wanted to watch were movies you guys had seen, but I haven't. And so, so I flipped things on the head and said, "Hey, let's watch Uncut Gems." Nice. Because you guys have been talking about it for over a year, and I still hadn't seen it, and really, really wanted to. And boy, am I glad that I finally did, because <laughs> my hot take is. This is one of the best movies I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it pretty wild? It is. Uh, it is awesome. It is awesome. Uh, that Adam Sandler's godlike, right? He is godlike. I, godlike. <laughs> he's he, very he's good. God. He is God. Um, yeah, I I love so. There's so much for me to gush about on uh, this film. So much to talk about the the main character. It is so well developed that it's hard to believe he's not a real person. I'm like, this has got to be. I didn't read anything about the movie ahead of time, and so the whole time I'm like, this has got to be a biopic. Like this has got to be. <laughs> this has got to be a real person. You it's know? funny. the The whole movie reminds me of. Uh, well, what was it? Uh, what was that? Oh, shoot, the Big Short. Uh huh. That's what it reminded me of. Just I, I don't know if it's just the pacing or whatever or the type of filming, but like the the what you're talking about, it it feels like he's a real person, and it feels like they're talking about like this story that happened to this. Yeah, guy. Yeah, and then they're weaving in the actual Kevin Garnett and the actual right the weekend <laughs> the weekend yeah. right, and I'm like what. <laughs> Like it's a period. What is real here? What is real? Like it actually is literally a 2012 period piece. Yeah, and uh, that Howard is based on their their father who grew up who worked in the Diamond District and was like that. And and they said that they what I think what Adam Sandler did he he shadowed like five or six different people over the course of a year on the diamond district and then took wow picked and chose from all their character traits put it together wow yeah well what what i read was that uh the softy brothers they said that um the character was based on stories that their dad told them of of different people he interacted with like an amalgamation of all the sort of crazy stuff that he encountered in that industry and world uh yeah so what's your hot takes guys your year old hot takes (laughs) old hot takes um i think uh taylor recommended this movie to me uh some time ago when it first came out i think i i I remember seeing the trailer and i was like that trailer looks dope uh and then i think taylor watched it and then i was like yeah i gotta watch it and it's awesome i really like it i i feel like it's really tough for me to try to figure out what it is exactly about this movie that I, I enjoy so much because when I watch it, it feels like those kinds of movies that just wash over me where I'm just watching it and I just, I'm just like, yeah, that was great. But then I have to like 
wait, what was the cinematography like? And what was the editing like? It's like those things, mm-hmm. I don't even connect with them. It's mm-hmm. just it's just pure story that hits me. And then, and then before I know it, the movie's ended. <laughs> uh, my, my hot take was crazy um, because I didn't... I thought the movie looked interesting, but I had I didn't have super high expectations. I was aware of Good Time, their previous movie, but I hadn't seen it yet. And and then I saw it. I saw Uncut Gems, and I was literally just I was just blown away, absolutely blown away the first time I saw it um, because it was so thrilling and so stressful, and it and it, it doesn't stressful. stop. It, it just so does stressful. not stop the whole <laughs> yeah. time. It it just keeps going and going and never lets up the the tension and the stress. Yeah, yeah. I love their that pacing it. is quite crazy. This movie made you feel like you were beat up. Yeah, yeah. Like like, like I, you're on the verge yeah. of having a heart attack. Yeah, you know it was interesting. I I couldn't like it was interesting how I kept finding myself rooting for Howie every time that he got something good i was like all right yeah yeah <laughs> i i always well, i'm glad to hear you say that because I, I tend to be the one and out of the three of us who's always rooting for that character and usually you two are like man that guy was a piece of shit i'm glad he glad he got what he deserved in I mean, the end and i'm so like, like he was my hero like ben, like, like barry linden <laughs> in a good time i feel like kind of uh, does the barry linden thing to me where I'm like, those are shitty people or the shitty person, and I'm rooting for him, but I'm rooting for him in a wrong way or something like that. In mm. Uncut Gems, it feels like I know he's a shitty person, and I'm still rooting for him anyway. Like I already, I already, <laughs> I just hope something happens to move his plot along. Yeah, I think I think I'm just connected with it, and I think the uh, the like you said with the how involved his character arc is and how involved. He, he is as a person and the story is so deep deeply ingrained that feels like a biopic i i never felt like how he had uh really like bad intentions he never i never felt like he really meant to hurt anybody or even though he does deliberately screw people over i think (laughs) from his perspective he's like yeah i'm screwing people over but they don't know that I'm actually going to help them because this bet is going to pay off big time, you know. Yeah, sort of. That's right. his yeah. his stance, I even loved, though that's like a flawed stance. But <laughs> loved the scene at, at at the end when he decides he finally gets the money from Kevin Garnett, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, we could we should make a bet." That's right? so shocking. <laughs> like the it's guys like, are coming oh to collect the money God. right then, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. "And but but that was the thing that was so true to his character." Yeah, yeah. like there's he something would. in him that can't. It like he is just unable to accept that everything is stabilized. Like he can't right. leave things stabilized. Right. He has to keep growing. Yeah. 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 I related with that a lot. That just that that essence of it. Well, it's um, almost like being out of trouble would have made him uncomfortable. <laughs> right. right. Like that's like his his natural state is in crisis mode. Yeah. It's interesting because that's the same kind of mentality I felt like was in the founder. And I really, yeah. really like the founder for that reason too. I would say that Uncut Gems is is a is a really is an actual thrilling thriller in the way that 
Hereditary is an actually scary horror movie. <laughs> That's cool. I like that. Where it's like, you know, everyone's seen a thriller and they might be tense at times and might surprise you once or twice. But like Uncut Gems really like, it feels like when I watched Uncut Gems for the first time and second time and third time, that it, it felt like the first time I was I saw like a Tarantino movie. It has like oh, that nice. edge. Where it's yeah. like, the first time I saw a Tarantino movie, I was like, holy shit, this is fucking, holy shit, this is insane. That's the exact same response I had to Uncut Gems. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't like give you any um, real moments to breathe. Like there's not there's not a there's not a lot of downtime in this movie, and even the scenes that feel deliberately slower still ratchet up the tension. I I'm thinking specifically of the auction. You know, yeah. like like the auction yeah. is one of those moments where everything kind of changes pace and tone completely. But then you know he you bring in the father-in-law to to bet against KG, and then what's his name Arno walks in and standing in the back of the room and it's just the, right. the tension just starts going up I, I think that tension is because of uh, because of Howie's um, motivation because he's he's always trying to grow something so like uh, for example when, when the plot stops like literally stops when they're having the dinner um, when the whole family's having the dinner and they're doing the prayer in uh, mm-hmm. Hebrew and whatnot. um that whole time like there's no there's no more plot happening it's just you know him having dinner but then you can tell you know that he he's kind of rushing things and then when he goes to the bathroom and then arno comes in and you're, you're like oh man arno's family and then they yeah you know well they like reveal they him thing. while he's doing the prayer that you right. see him right and that, that's when i first had the thought i'm like geez this movie never lets up like, <laughs> yeah. we're at we're having this like ceremonial jewish ritualistic moment and then now we see Arno's there at the family it's like what the heck <laughs> and of course let's let's not forget he's listing off the plagues of 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 ancient Egypt right he's right. he's talking about this one after another after another cataclysm leading to the the loss of the firstborn right that wasn't dropped there an accident. This this is a story of someone who's a guy's world just keeps getting shit on <laughs> over yeah. and over and over again. I love the way they use music. I I love the score in this film by mm-hmm. One of Tricks Point Never, who is one of my favorite experimental um, electronic musicians. He's credited as Daniel. Yeah, he was like, this is what he said. He said. He's like, I feel so proud of this one that I'm gonna put my real name with it. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. In good time, in good time, he's credited as One O Tricks Point Never. <laughs> that score is incredible. It yeah. is yeah. absolutely awesome. Yeah, it made me wonder, like, hearing all those synths play at certain times and whatnot. It made me think, man, if the if the score was not played with these kinds of instruments, this would be a completely different feeling. You would think it's like a Stranger Things. Like eighties, well, like 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 when how we came into the house uh, or his apartment, and he was texting his girlfriend, and he hid in the closet, right? Yeah, that whole time was like was like the the plot is gonna is gonna come down a little bit, and he's gonna have a breather because he's happy. Uh, so you would think that in a regular movie, it would come to like some sort of strings, light strings, kind of uh, 
thing but this was just straight up stranger things boom 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 boom, and it was it just made like this whole different feeling and it was like that throughout the whole movie and i really really like how it made it unique it makes me think of hans zimmer whenever he's uh scoring for movies like uh if you guys saw sherlock yeah um the way he used instruments in sherlock that people just don't use (laughs) and now it's just and now it's a thing now it's like people think of those kinds of instruments when they think of sherlock so I, i think that's awesome yeah, and and one trick's point never like if you heard his music, it it's it's just him doing his thing in this movie. Like that's all his mo. Like the weird like vocal. That's a, the cor- the choral like the, stuff the, that came yeah. in was freaking powerful. Yeah, like the synthesized and weird choir. Yeah, really it's not weird. a real choir. That's that is a synthesized yeah. choir, and it sounds really uncanny and odd and just oddball. It's really funny. Yeah, they did something when uh, it, it was that whole scene when he has his his fight with the weekend. Yeah, all the way through to them walking out in the street and getting in the cab. The music yeah. was bizarre. Yeah, that's it gets and weird. <laughs> intense. Like it really made it intense. It was very effective. <laughs> it was, that's one of those moments where I I did not. I didn't even hear the music during that part. <laughs> it has a powerful scene. Yeah, you should go back and listen to it. I, I very, very odd music right there. Right after I, I finished the movie, I went to One Trick's Point Never's uh, profile on Spotify and checked out his top songs, and they're nothing like the uh, the score. Well, it, if you listen to R Plus 7, that album, it's just yeah. like this. It is that? Yeah. I was hoping to, to like listen to some... Uh, electronic stuff because that's like my favorite stuff but his his top song five million streams is uh it's just acoustic guitar that was interesting yeah so he he is eclectic music <laughs> listen to r plus seven and listen to returnal and already there's another one well uh that was rad that i was feel like when rad. i watched a uh, good time that I, f- I felt like it was Uncut Gems diluted. <laughs> it was like, like I like the way Uncut Gems is, and I felt like it was the, the Softy Brothers uh, done... They leveled up. They, yeah, they I, leveled You up, see basically. that a lot with sort of the, the, the sophomore effort. Either... Yeah. E- <laughs> Either the second movie is where you see who what what they're really capable of, or is where you find out they're not as good as everyone thought they were <laughs> after the first the first hit, you know. Unless you're uh, uh, what's his name, uh, hereditary guy. I asked her. Yeah. He's he's just he, uh, th- th- three will tell. That's what I'm saying. His his third his third movie will be. Let's do it. Yeah. He's he's prepped for it. He's like, you guys are gonna be disappointed. <laughs> uh, so I really had no experience at all with the Safety Brothers before this. Uh, I haven't seen Good Time. Didn't know much about them. Um, and so early in the movie, when you you start with that sequence in Ethiopia and then they zoom into the stone 
I love and it, then yeah. that transitions into a colonoscopy. Love it. It's <laughs> yeah. so awesome. As soon as we got through that credit scene, I was just a hundred percent in. I'm like, <laughs> I was. These, I was the same exact way. These are my people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It was funny when when the so when the trailer came out and I was just like, oh, it's a, you know, a dramatic role for uh for what's his name? Yeah. For Adam Sandler, and I was just like, okay, well, yeah, whatever. It was that sequence, exactly that sequence that you said that I was just like, oh, well, okay, this is different. hold on. <laughs> this is different. Honestly, yeah. the fact that Adam Sandler plays this dramatic role and does it so well has almost been a distraction of what is truly great about this movie. <laughs> like, I feel like that's what all the press was about, right? Yeah, when yeah. this movie came out. That's all everyone. I think that's He that's does great. He does yeah. great. And I'm going to take anything away from the that. box office for him. But but and that too yeah but yeah, that's not why it's an awesome movie. Right. <laughs> There's actually right. like some insanely impressive filmmaking going on. Yes. With yeah. how characters talk over each other nonstop, and yeah. with how the whole film is shot like telephoto, and everything is in focus the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and how they retain continuity between yes uh, and continuity is held and yeah. and we we shoot from that far away that is skilled filmmaking Dude. okay that's i'm so glad you brought that up because i was just thinking about aesthetically this movie reminds me like like i said of the big short because it's shot a lot like that where there's a lot of telephoto shots to make it seem like it's like you're an observer seeing a real thing happen but um a lot of those things that happen in the big short and uh, Battle of the Sexes, and even uh, what was that space movie that that we saw? Ad Astra. Uh, not Ad Astra. Oh, it was one the, that you're was talking uh, about the First Man. Yeah, First, first Man. Man. Uh, all of those movies, uh, First Man and those other ones that I said, uh, are shot like this, but they don't retain continuity. Uh, first Man does a little bit better, but um, I think what they're trying to do is to make it look as if it's cinema verite, <laughs> like a little bit more realistic and people don't retain continuity when you're cutting back and forth like that in reality uh so i think that's what they're trying to emulate but uncut gems does not uncut gems feels like a movie for and but it's good (laughs) like i like that continuity that they keep even though they're shooting from this way far away thing and they keep cutting over and over and over it doesn't make me feel like it's fake it makes me feel like it's just like it's made for cinema like it's a movie yeah, yeah. Um, they talked about. I, I read up about this uh, autofocus system that they used on Uncut Gems that had like just came out like a couple years before the movie was made, huh. and it's this like whole autofocus unit that you like rig up to your camera, and it it's just perfect. Like it's absolutely perfect. It can track anything perfectly in and out of focus. And if That's you compare Good Time to Uncut Gems, in Good Time, they're using the same filmmaking style, but there are a lot of shots in there that are 100% out of focus. Like, yeah. like you, you're surprised, like, they actually put that in the movie. Like, that's 100% <laughs> out of focus. Yeah. And, and you don't see wow. that one time in Uncut Gems. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. And they even stylize the moments, like, like you said, Kenny, when they zoom in on the stuff that... That's like locked in focus right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, just impressive filmmaking. They they have a they have a cinematic or what is it a 
cinematic language that they've developed for themselves. Yeah. And they know how to execute it. And yeah, you know what this is? It. It's it's a it's a much 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 better Paul Greengrass is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Still Why more do you intense. say that? Like I mean, I've only you, seen a couple you, Paul Greengrass movies. Um, if you just think about the way Born Identity looks, um, and what was it, uh, July twenty second, whatever it was that they came out with um, on Netflix, it the way that he edits his movies. I know he doesn't personally edit them, but all of his movies have the same editing style. The way this fast cut stuff goes and shaky camera stuff, it's just it's done for the aesthetic of thriller mm-hmm. but like taylor said like this movie feels like an actual thriller and i think it's because there's a because of a lot of things but but yeah it just it just really ups that feeling as opposed to just the aesthetic yeah 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 i think like the aesthetic plus the performances and how people talk over each other and and the sheer stakes involved all contribute to how this feels like a elevated thriller. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of scenes where the talking over one another really lent itself to the sense of, of chaos and mounting anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Like, like the first scene, like after the whole, you know, our whole opening sequence and, and Howard gets into the office for like the first time. And as just people start talking for the first time, they're talking and they keep talking, and you're like, holy shit, they're all talking on top of you. Like, what the fuck is going on? Just <laughs> instantly descends into chaos. And you're like, yeah. hold on a second. I got to I gotta catch up here. Yeah, and the shots kind of do the same thing because they're all telephoto, so you always feel claustrophobic. Right, exactly. Um, I was going to say that talking over each other, uh, there's a genre of movies that does that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do know what you're talking is it, about. It's not mumble, is it? You saying mumblecore? Mumblecore, that's what it is. I always get confused uh, about mumblecore. So, if I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but is uh, what was that movie? Primer? Is Primer mumblecore? I don't know Primer. Uh, or Clerks. Anyway, um, I think of Primer because I remember the first scene in Primer um, are those two guys. Uh, Hunt, huddled around a table, I think, is a, or three guys or whatever, and they're all talking about the project that they're working on, but they're all talking at the same time. And uh, it's this one shot, if I can remember correctly, that's rotating around the guys, and you can't ever tell what one person is saying at once because they all keep talking over each other. And it's as if they're trying to do it on purpose because the the shots, the, there's only one shot. It's like they, they do a shot, and then they tell the guys what to say, and it's like very specific. I want the I want them to act this way, and I'm going to capture it this way. But in here, it feels like in Uncut Gems, it feels like it's being done for a purpose as opposed to just on purpose. You know what I mean? As, yeah. as opposed to someone just saying it. I just I just want you to do it. It's like I want you to do it because it's going to lend itself to the story. Yeah, it's Aww. funny because it's on. But it's Good funny directing. because yeah, it, it's funny because it yeah. is on purpose. <laughs> right, it is intentionally. Right. It's written to be overlapping like that and directed to be that way. Yeah, I, I think that's the only way that kind of performance, that sort of well, the whole mumblecore idea, 
it's like it only has any real value i think if you have a really strong um a, a really strong sense of purpose of of what where you're headed you know yeah mm-hmm. I, i've yeah, been definitely. on projects where it's like let's just see what happens you know let's just <laughs> let's just flow with the magic here and let let something un, unravel before us and that sounds and like a friend of ours and it, and it, it usually doesn't go well <laughs> yeah uh no this felt this felt extremely directed to me it it felt yeah. um very very intentional nothing by accident and honestly pretty close to a flawless movie you know it yeah. feels really really good i mean because this is the second time that i watched it i i read uh i heard kg's lines um like i i could i could, I could hear oh that guy's not an actor oh interesting <laughs> like, the way he was speaking and before i couldn't yeah i, couldn't I felt it, like he did so well but maybe no, he did great but maybe yeah, i was like hey he's an nba player and giving him some <laughs> right. leeway yeah. it's it's easy to forgive that kind of stuff but i mean like in here and the second time it, it was i could feel it was stilted but i can only feel that way i think because he had done the take several times because you know when yeah. actors do take several times it starts to get contrived yeah, yeah. so uh yeah so I, I felt that a little bit more but that just again speaks to the directing. They must have did you know a lot of takes. That that last scene with KG where he's in his office and kind of confronting him like, "Why are you messing with me?" That's where yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh, he's like full on acting now." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, that might be he's his actually best pretty scene. good. Yeah. yeah. Well, because all the other scenes he had actors around him supporting him. Yeah. You know, and and, then, he, and he was just throwing like little commentary yeah, yeah. in there, but that was a full on dialogue. Yeah, full yeah. on. Yeah, back, yeah. he, he got like emotional and stuff. I'm like, dang. <laughs> Dang, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, and the weekend did did well too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool that those people are in this movie. Yeah, and and in the ways that they are. Yeah, I like that the weekend wasn't used like like we have a celebrity in the film. It's just really no. They do something really fun there. with them. Like yeah, yeah. they have wasn't Adam the Sandler weekend... beat him up. That's <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't the weekend barely a celebrity at that time? I mean, uh, in 2012, this... no, he's was... he huge. I mean, in, he was pretty in... big. Not 2019, he's huge. That's actually yeah, yeah, even yeah. more surprising. It's because like that they got, got yeah yeah that they got the weekend in the movie at all. The weekend yeah. beat up by Happy Gilmore. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> Who would have thought? And no, vice that's, versa. That's I a guess. good. Uh, I guess they're kind of. That's a good YouTube thumbnail right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dang. Uh, I loved how <laughs> triumphant I felt when he was killed at the end of the movie. Was did that surprise you? <laughs> a little bit, like not too much. Like I, that that sort of like bodyguard muscle dude seemed like such a loose cannon. I felt like anything was capable. Uh-huh. He was capable of anything, and I, I could totally see him killing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. that didn't take me too off guard. But like what, when what, when it happened, maybe. What surprised me more was that it's it it to me it still felt like victory. <laughs> for for um for Howard like that's interesting for him to have his big win and then die um i like i can't think of a better thing for him cuz because <laughs> he would have just taken his winnings and done something else stupid with it yeah. right it was like it was like a perfect ending and he dies with this smile on yeah. his face yeah and the money is going to hopefully end up in the hands of the only person that loved him 
Yeah. That's funny. You know? So yeah, it's like, it's kind of a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah and I, like I loved that. how, like, that last sequence made Arno a believer. Yeah. Do you notice that? Like, like Arno well, has an because, arc while he's baking in that little glass room. Right. And he's like, oh my gosh, he did it. Son of a bitch, he did it. <laughs> you know, and he was like in on it. And yeah. Then, yeah. And his then his. disturbed it, me a little bit. It was that his death was more disturbing. I felt yeah. like, yeah, uh, Arno. Um, it felt like, it, like he was a family member, and he really didn't want to. You know, he didn't want to muscle Howie out of the money. He just, he just wanted the money. He just wanted to come clean. Um, and so he did. You know, once the he saw that the winnings were there, he's like, oh well, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and the the muscle guy is like. F that, F oh that, yeah, F that, that, yeah, that guy, that dude, that dude made up his mind to kill Howard probably the second they were locked in there. Yeah, like, he's like, yeah. I don't. It doesn't matter what way this is going. He's dying as soon as yeah. he gets out. I'd, yeah. I'd kind of been expecting that guy to kill Howard since the first act of the movie. Yeah, you know that they, they yeah. just have that vibe. He, he had a really threatening presence. Yeah, yeah. That was a that. That's really good directing and acting, but but to 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 give someone this presence that you're just like I I'm legitimately afraid of what that guy's gonna do, you know? Yeah. I mean, we talked about this with uh, I'm I'm gonna ruffle some feathers here Uh-oh. in uh, Blue Velvet, uh, where we had that loose cannon guy. What was his name? Frank Booth. Yeah, Frank. <laughs> Paps Blue Ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that guy was pretty I mean like I love his character in that movie but like as like thinking about threatening people I think about mobster movies I think about uh, you know Goodfellas uh, what's his name in Goodfellas Joe Pesci uh, that. yeah Joe Pesci and then um, this guy in Uncut Gems um, and I just and, and Frank is more of a, of a I feel like he's more of a cartoon character, more of a David Lynch world guy. Yeah, he's, uh, he, he belongs in the movie he's in, though. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it totally yeah. works for that movie. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I guess as far as grounded reality goes, I I really like the really threatening presence that this guy has, and it ma- it just makes me uncomfortable. He's I'm scary. Like, yeah, he shouldn't be. He's here. got you like sh- a, go away. like some kind of like bleach mark on his neck. You see that? Look like a burn yeah. scar on yeah. his neck. That that just yeah. made him look more badass. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, that's that's for the scars on faces that Disney, yeah, likes all the time. Yeah, like, makes them look bad. <laughs> so this movie is so freaking dialed, right, top to bottom. It's like everything's right here, yeah. and I know we don't talk about this often in in our on our show, but this is like the most egregious example of a Oscar snub. Oh, yeah, I've totally ever, snub. Probably I've ever seen in the uh, yeah. across the awards in general. <coughs> yeah, like, in general, yeah. Like it They're got too nothing. Cutting edge. It got it got Indie Spirit Awards. It cleaned up there. Um wow. which sometimes is sometimes is the best most accurate award show out there. But yeah, like zero Oscar nominations. Not even a nomination. Not even well, a nomination. Yeah, I think I think that's messed up. But I think it's because they're new, they're new on the scene, and they probably whatever you know campaigning they were doing was probably all going just for Adam Sandler's performance. 
because he's the only like reputable or not reputable but like the only person with an established like big stardom so i right. see that being the case here um and the same goes for like uh ari aster i would say um but him more Did so hereditary get, well that's least, a horror film so that's not yeah but at least with uh, ari aster there is a precedent for not awarding the genre yeah right like there is a precedent for that that genre is against you no matter how good your movie is this movie not only is perfectly made but it's also like it is an archetype for an oscar winner movie i've yeah interesting i feel like it's too it's there it's too edgy for them they can't handle it that's (laughs) whoa i looked at uh geez i'm looking up the big short nominations and there's a ton. Yeah, and Uncut Jeez. Gems is a thousand times better than The Big Short. Way better. But the Big Short is nothing compared to this. Did this come out in 2019? Yeah. Or tw- so the the 2020 Oscars would have been its year. Yeah. With yeah. the year that Ford versus Ferrari won. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeez. A24? Or sorry. Your Ford versus Ferrari was nominated, I should say. A twenty four is pushing out gross. a wave of filmmakers <laughs> right now. Oh yeah, of new, yeah. young, exciting filmmakers. They they became way higher on my radar when uh, when I saw Ari's film. It was Ari that was A twenty four, right? Yeah, yeah. A twenty four. They got Ari. They got Safty Bros. They got the Josh Egerton or Eggers Eggers yeah. I don't think Eggers. I don't know yeah. if it's Josh Eggers. Eggers at least and uh, a couple other filmmakers dang who are new new up and coming oh. talent how how do we uh how do we hook our car to A24 well you see <laughs> what you got to do I've been thinking about this yeah, you got a strategy. Yep. What oh, you gotta do? Life hack. You got yeah, a life here's hack. a life hack. This is what you Thank do. You. you go to film school. Oh damn. And you write. Mario. You write ten feature length f- screenplays that ten. are all oh. extremely good. And then <laughs> and then market yourself and do a lot of networking, and be flexible to do any one of those films. And if you ha- oh the the Cohen brothers way. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that um. That sounds too hard. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. can I get like All right. just the That's not a know, hack. The... That's not a hack. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Yeah, that's not a hack. That's just a process. Well, I got a better Here's a better hack. That All sounds right. like work. No, here, here's a better hack. All right. All right. All right. Okay. You you write your script. Uh-huh. But you can't develop it for 10 years. You spend 10 years developing it and in the meantime you you follow projects. Uh, you go out and you seek out things to make that could garner interest. Mm. And then it also you, seems kind of hard. Uh, and then you... <laughs> those aren't hacks. <laughs> Damn it. I want an easy way, Taylor. Uh, what is the easy way to massive success in the film industry? Uh, <laughs> yep. Create an app. Create an app. It's not what films. you who, it's no you know. <laughs> um, I I have a I have a dentist appointment. 
All right, man. So you've been listening to the talkies uh, from Carmen Line Studios. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> pizza, sir. <laughs> what? 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 Uh, wait, do you have a dentist appointment? We have yeah. to talk about pizza. That's pizza. Uh, okay. Um, what? How? In what context do you want to talk about pizza? Uh, you just know, your favorite. I just like pizza. Yeah, just different flavors. Is that just a segment of the show now? It's yeah. like, hey, yeah. pizza just, discussion. It's pizza time. Completely <laughs> seg. Okay, okay, all right. Because I think that is sort of not that. That's not tr- that's not true to our concept. We talk about movies here, right? Not pizza. So, what if we compared our movie of choice to a pizza? Whoa. Oh, right. yeah, 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 I've no, never no, heard that right. idea. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> we will. We will rate the movie by comparing it to a pizza, what? either real or fictional. That's that sounds like something that someone should have done several episodes in a row. At least hun- a hundred times by now. At least a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 What kind of what kind of pizza is is uh, uncut gems. I know exactly what kind of pizza uncut gems. I is. knew you would. I knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> uncut gems is is like a Mountain Mike's pepperoni pizza, except not from Mountain Mike's, but wait, but, wait, but what? um, but from a even uh, higher quality restaurant. So it's got that really like that sh- strong sauce flavor. You know, really flavorful strong sauce and the very spicy cupped pepperonis and the whole thing is like it's like a spicy sauce too like it's really spicy mm. super hot mm. you eat the whole thing and you're like sweating at the end you're like oh jeez <laughs> that was hot is is cupped pepperoni an industry term or is that something that literally <laughs> only you say it's an industry term okay okay so you can order cupped pepperonis yeah from a supplier oh yeah I think they're mini pepperonis is what they are. You ever lick one of those and stick them to a window? No, no what no, I do no. is I, I, yeah, I take <laughs> like a, a straw. Yeah. <laughs> I just put a straw in each pepperoni. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty gross, but cool. Um, how about you, D? Uh, I don't know. This this. Uh, We're not asking that much of you, dude. We're just trying to just asking you to compare <laughs> to gauge our complex work of art to a piece of food <laughs> in a way that's meaningful to you. Why is that hard? <laughs> okay. Um, uh, you've got, you went to a little uh, indie shop that you've never seen before. Uh, okay. And these guys only have two kinds of pizzas, and so you eat the second one that they came out with, oh. and you're like, this is like probably one of the best pizzas i've ever eaten how come i've never even heard of you guys and they're like well we were trying to get like really noticed by the by the pizza reviewers mm. you know that, that talk about pizza shops mm-hmm. and everything but we were snubbed so dang well that's uh yeah. that fucking sucks so then you go to try their it's first up. creation uh-huh. and you're like oh it's pretty good but the second one's better i see i see facts i don't know what the what the toppings are but yeah <laughs> Well, let's just assume there's at least cheese on this pizza. There's at least cheese. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, the listeners want to envision the actual pizza, D. So picture your own toppings. Oh, well, that's it's very, interpret your own toppings. Very liberal of you. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Mine, mine is is thus. It is it is the single best pizza you ever could have eaten, ever. 
right? It's just like you would you would no with with no exceptions, you would define this as the best pizza you've ever had. Except here's the catch. Holy shit. You 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 have to eat it while on an intense roller coaster. You're on like you're on a roller coaster that launches you from like zero to a hundred and keeps you in perpetual motion, you know, Flips loops and, and course screws and, and the whole thing. thing. And you may continue enjoying the world's greatest pizza, which is an enjoyable experience by all accounts, but you must do it while on this roller coaster. Damn. And that, that is uncut That sounds kind gems. of uh, annoying, actually. <laughs> and then well, your, your harness gets a little loose. <laughs> well, I loved uncut gems, but I got to tell you, it, it probably wasn't good for, like, my, my heart rate. My, or, your blood yeah. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> like, it kept me in some high anxiety the whole time. Uh, yeah, that that was that's good. That was it. That was it. So, uh, any any final remarks or business before we close out the show today? Um, I the first time I saw Uncut Gems, I watched it in the theaters with my parents, and they did not like it. I could see really? that. Yeah, <laughs> that's they did strange. not like it. Yeah, I don't think my folks would care for this movie either, or my brother, or my sisters. In fact, if I did a screening of this as a family, I'd be the only one. You'd be like, like what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I get that. I get that. So I Although that's funny. that's true of a like uh, half of the movies I like. Most, yeah. Yeah. Ain't, ain't that funny. Yep. Cool, cool. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Um, <laughs> you've been listening to the talkies from Carmen Line Studios. We put out. We put out. Uh, we, you know what? We put out. We That's put we out. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, oh, this is when I say we put out episodes every Friday. A few people, uh, some of our, some of our fans have pointed out that uh, we're not doing it every Friday consistently. Hmm. That fan was uh, D. Those editors. <laughs> the fan was D. <laughs> <laughs> I pointed this out. So yeah. I love to comment. <laughs> so we strive to put out an episode every Friday, <laughs> uh, and we will be next back next week uh, with a movie <clears throat> that will be suggested by D. Is it D? I don't remember. So. You know what I kind of want to see next week? What? 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 Chaos Walking. I don't know what that is. That's coming out today in theaters <laughs> or tomorrow, actually. Well, let's let's go to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we'll see what, we'll, what what we choose. All right, all right. Okay. Well, uh, this is the talkies signing off. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>